Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host Christina. We're finally here to discuss Wheel of Time Season 2 Episode 1, A Taste of Solitude, written by Amanda Kate Schumann, directed by Thomas Knapper. I think this was a good reintroduction to Season 2. It shows where our characters are at, not only physically, but emotionally. We even got a glimpse of Rand, and I was starting to believe he wasn't going to show himself in this episode. So I think this was a solid premiere, so I gave it an 8.6 out of 10. There's still character issues I have, personally, but overall... I hope that they took in the criticism from last season and will do a little bit more to massage these people that we are following because it was a little bit of a struggle for me last year. If memory serves me correctly, (laughs) I honestly needed the recap and it's rare I need a recap for a show because I was getting this show twisted up with lord of the rings i was like where's the little people at what about the the black queen is she not going to be in this oh that is the rings of power not the will of time (laughs) same network two different shows so yeah i did not have any residual memories of where we left off before we jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else good podcasts can be found, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback for this series, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below. And remember to like, share, and subscribe. Let's get into it. The aerial shape of the house was nice, followed by... A similar symbol I don't know what it means but I did pick up on that parallel between the two little girl she goes outside sees lights in the distance and only thinks to run when they reveal themselves to be monsters see if she was a little girl from the hood she would have hooty hooed out of there pronto the fuck you doing here nigga Identify yourself. Who the fuck are you? They would not have needed to roar to indicate that was trouble in the distance. I didn't invite anybody. So who is this coming my way? She runs into a room where the dark one is having a meeting around a round table about Ran not wanting him killed as he still thinks that he can be turned to their side as he will inevitably become the dragon, though not quite yet. He said, I have many names, young child. Come from underneath the table, and I'll tell you them all. Father of lies, betrayer of hope, forsaken. Why do they call me such hideous things? I am not a monster. And how can I possibly prove that? Well, it starts with not hanging out with pedophiles like that dude who leered at that child in such a manner. Creeper. Oh, man. Why were all their faces covered? Why did that one person have the longest acrylic nail job that I've ever seen? What does all this mean? Luckily for the child, she didn't end up being eaten as I feared she was. 
But instead, he showed her and the audience that maybe we got it wrong about this guy. He's not a monster. He's just half man, a half monster. And you don't need to be afraid of him because the creatures have the capacity to feel and be nurtured without the label of evil. Doesn't mean he's not fucking evil because everything about what he was saying felt evil. Like, I wouldn't have been afraid if you weren't giving off those vibes. Also, I do really love the actor. Kind of have a tiny bit crush on him, but not as much as my boy. Moraine, out in these mountains playing village maiden, forced to carry her own water. She has been cut off from the one power And even at the end of the episode, I thought she was going to have this miraculous moment. And I'm glad she didn't because that would have been unearned to just reinforce her power. It would be more effective if she doesn't get it back at all. But something tells me that she's going to upgrade her outfit and get her groove back. (laughs) But, uh... She takes a bath and has to wash her clothes in her own bath water. And that just seems efficient. I'm all about shameless nudity, but was that line scene really necessary with him and the sword grunting? I'm sure others in the audience are like, fuck yeah, it was. But it felt too obligatory in a way I personally didn't enjoy. But it did serve a purpose in the show. By highlighting that every woman be thirsting. Because what was her name? Abelise? I think I got her name incorrect. Adelaise. She was like, girl, you need to move. Also, it's so hot. Maybe you should just remove those trousers as well. And then you can sit there standing in the nude. And let me enjoy myself as I pretend as if I'm a... sultan's wife i ain't mad at her she's just one of two women who look like they've been perusing the kama sutra lately moraine and lon are staying with her as well as is it Vern or verna i'm just gonna say Vern for right now even though they have x-rays i may have miss well i just maybe misspelling it and i wrote it correct And Tomas, did we meet these people? I don't recall if we did. Moraine has been receiving writers, 20 in all, without any explanation to them on what she's up to. She kind of treats Lon like her whipping boy, keeping him in the dark on why she is forcing those like Master Demont to attend to business with her or face the consequences. I was surprised that Moraine didn't find herself ostracized from the Aes Sedai. But when I think about it, A, her lover is on the throne. And B, which would, of course, explain why she's able to even threaten with the power of the Aes Sedai, even though she herself does not have her power. But B, no one knows that she fucked up and released the Dark One Furthermore, we find out everyone thinks that Rand died sacrificing himself to keep him imprisoned. And that's a pretty big secret about your failure 
which could explain a lot of her attitude because there's a lot of self-loathing going on. And while I felt some kind of way that Lon was, was in this moment kept out of the loop, it's more understandable. Like some things, yeah, it's not about you. I understand your feelings are hurt. I understand that me faking being okay bothers you. But this is only something I can deal with. You can't help me with it and keep trying to force yourself to force me to accept you when I haven't even dealt with it or explain it to you. I think that that's a point to be made. Because my first initial reaction was don't be a bitch. But taking a second to put things in her perspective and not just feel far more empathetic for Lon because I like him more coupled with what the I said I said at the end about what it feels like being cut from the one power all of that makes sense so I wasn't too harsh with her other than my knee-jerk reaction on her response to Lon because in a lot of ways this is something that once it's out of the bag she's going to have to take a lot of accountability for. And if she is going to do that, she needs to put her ducks in a row to make up for her own mistake. And it is her mistake. She thought this entire time she was going one way and then she finds out, oh shit. Egwene effectively works as a palace maid at the Aes Sedai Citadel. They call it the tower. I'm going to call it the citadel. Along with Nynaeve, who works in the kitchens. This is a rite of passage doing the homely work for new novices. And since they both signed the book of novices five months ago, they have been in training. Egwene knows even the Amerlene. Amerlene has done such things to build character but I need feel she has enough character she has enough of something Alana comes into the kitchen with the task use the elements first she grabbed that dirty ass water and she told them that you're gonna have to drink a glass of water before you leave but the way to do this is to use the stone and water to combine to filter the dirty water through, which is a weave. The others begin to work on it, but Egwene, she seems to lack any. She is very stiff. I was thinking it was confidence, but no, it doesn't feel as if she lacks confidence because she wants to do it. But she, she, she needs to loosen up. She's um a little stuck in her own head. Whereas Nynaeve, simply refuses to channel terrified of the extent of her power. I'm kind of disappointed that after five months, Egwene and both Nynaeve seem to be in the same emotional place we last found them. Egwene is complimented by Alana for being stronger. She also busted in on the threesome and then ran out of there as if how dare you? You should be ashamed of yourself. 
So she's a bit of a prude, too. <laughs> but Nynaeve, who has the greater power, ten times more so, is the true focus. And it was the combined power of both these women that allowed Lady Amelie's to defeat the army of Trollocs. Instead of softening her stance, being more open, sharing her fear, all of the above, Nynaeve decides she's just going to drink the dirty water. Oh, that's nasty. Oh, they're so nasty. Oh, Lord. Again. A fucking game. Nothing new, nothing changed, same old shit. Same old fucking I swear to God, she's like a mule. And no matter how much you pull, it's like, God damn, why are you making this so fucking difficult? Meanwhile, poor Egwene. Jackie, I'm jealous of you. She continues to be in the shadow of Nynaeve. And that's something that can be preyed upon. It's not a very obvious thing that would normally, I mean, it would be a very natural reaction that someone who has so much and can do it so effortlessly would toss it aside as if it's not a gift, whereas she would love to be in that position and she would be empowered to do more in the way she wants to do. And yet she finds herself rather still the pupil and beneath her and with Leandrin running around with nothing but bad intentions I can't help <laughs> but worry about these two women if they don't learn to grow from their own their own catalysts and I would think after what they went through last season and the idea that they lost ran there would be a little bit more maybe not a huge leap forward but especially with Nynaeve more of an acceptance right and I think Maxim gets to that but I, I kind of find it bothersome that he needs to even have that conversation with her because you did walk your ass here no one forced you there was a reason to that. You shouldn't have to be told to remember what it is. I just, I feel like you're too grown for it. I just, <laughs> from where you introduced me to the character to where there are now, it's not consistent. Not even a little bit. It seems as if you were taking care of a whole fucking community. And the minute you realize that you have more power to help more people, your first reaction is, oh, I don't want to do that because that's too much. Alana updates the other Aes Sedai on Egwene's stiffness and Nynaeve's overall stubbornness. So Leandrin proposes to teach her, although she is forbidden from teaching because she killed one of her novices during their lessons. She's like, look, um, the one power is powerful. So sometimes people can't handle that power and things happen like death. <laughs> to be fair, I kind of agree. It's like, we're not playing. Granted, we all know she probably pushed her too far, but we aren't playing with a 
a thing that cannot destroy you. However, the mistress of novices points out that there are less girls that are coming to this power with less power to give as well. And with the additional threats coming, including a newly proclaimed false dragon, more powerful than Logan in Saldea, maybe we need to take the more unconventional approach because Nynaeve is the most powerful they have weapon against the Dark One and it's going to take years to master their skills and we ain't got that time. We need that raw energy now. So the Mistress of Novices agrees to allow her to talk. Alana's like, this is a mistake. What's wrong with words? Like, they can't also be very dangerous. Someone needs to knock some hard sense into Nynaeve, though. Whatever the approach is, I'm here for it. If it gets her off of her own high horse. And y'all being way too soft, because I would have slapped the shit out of that girl. <laughs> like, we ain't got time for this bullshit right now. Do you want the rest of your friends to die? Because that's what's coming down the pipeline. We ain't got time for you being unsu- We You seen what you can do and you seen what you're up against. Stop being a child. Grow the fuck up. We then catch up with Perrin, who is with Lord Ingtar, as well as Uno. They're on the hunt for the Horn of Valir, which they stole last season from In the Ground, right? And they got a LL Blonde with them because I just, I can't do his name. I can't. It's too many syllables that don't work together with my mouth. He's writing notes to the two women he can still call family since his brothers, well, one might be dead and the other has abandoned them. And they can't even find him back at home where he said he was going. A new tracker has been hired by Lord Ingtar, which annoys Uno because he thinks that he lit a fire that warns Patton Farron and his dark friends ahead of them capturing them, recalling a time in which he thought he was close. And then he realizes he's being taken the piss out of for his own less than stellar tracking capabilities before Elias the tracker appears hello motherfucker he said I don't appreciate these accusations I am hearing in the wind like actually probably not you got wolf ears you definitely got some wolf eyes he takes them where the fire is burning, but not before giving Perrin a look. He shows them the aftermath of a raiding party that murdered everyone that seemed to carry the symbol that was in the home in the beginning, including one of their own. And despite Nam rightfully feeling pissed at the betrayal, Lord Ingtar orders all men to be buried with respect, while once again... Elias looks over at Perrin like, do we need a DNA test? You are the father. Am I the only one that thinks he's going to pop out of the bushes one night going, 
I am your father. <laughs> Stupid, I know. I am. Master Damon and Moraine discuss the heart stone that she actually didn't desire, which is broken and made from the one power itself. It's also indestructible. Meanwhile, outside, Lon is venting his frustrations in the garden to Tomas, knowing Moraine wants him to leave, but he refuses. You can't get rid of me, bitch. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not going no fucking where. Moraine continues to interrogate Damon on where he found the heartstone, where a, do you say a moon dial shattered? The dial was covered in a poem written in blood using the old tongue. He tries to get her to buy the heartstone for 50 and gets him down to one mark for the poem. But she tells him the poem's the only thing she wanted, sliding him over one mark, knowing that the heartstone was a swindle. I like that. When she realized, though, he's being followed by the dark friend, she tells him to get the fuck out of dodge i think maybe your life is in danger what have you gotten me into the wheel weaves as the wheel wills light be with you back at the Sedai citadel Nynaeve trains with my boy maxim baby he is with ivan sparring with Nynaeve her physical skills are getting better but she uh, still can't beat them <laughs> she doesn't think that she's going to become Aes Sedai and starts to blame Alana saying I know you love her uh that's Alana Aes Sedai or Alana Sedai or something to that effect but then she admits no it's just this place Maxim tells her during water training they beat them within an inch of their lives put them in a ring with others one can barely get a hit on the other and they continue to put them through a lot of emotional and physical turmoil but they do it for the reason that brought them here in the first place she asks what their reasons were he says he fell in love with a warder who fell in love with an Aes Sedai and Maxim points out he feels like the third will and Ivan makes him always feel so. Sidebar, do you think that Nynaeve is going to have Maxim for a warder? Because he did have a look when he said she didn't think she was actually going to become an Aes Sedai. And Ivan made that joke that they'll be bonded if they're not careful. I think... And I know this is probably an unpopular opinion that that would be a far more interesting relationship for me to watch than the one that is the canon version of her and Lon. I don't dislike the Lon ship at all. However, it doesn't create the same amount of energy and excitement in me as these two do. I don't know if it's because I'm very keenly aware of the age difference. I don't know if it's because I feel more chemistry with him and Moraine than I do with him and Nynaeve. 
But I would not at all be upset if the show took a left-hand turn in that direction, putting it out there. I know that there are a lot of Lon and Nynaeve shippers, so I'm sure they're all throwing things at me right now. But hey, I can only be honest about how I feel. (laughs) He tells her she will spare herself a lot of hurt if she understood why she is here. Because the Aes Sedai is going to torture you with things to break you down that will build you up. So she goes to see Egwene, but Egwene has gone to see Alana. In the most hilarious scene of the episode where Egwene takes a seat and wants to talk about juggling two different things in her life. And Alana just apparently on one track mind takes this as asking advice on how to juggle two sexual partners. (laughs) Egwene couldn't even interrupt her like, nope, we're not talking about the same thing. She even let her finish. My advice, focus on your own pleasure. Alana over there about the sploosh just thinking about that morning taken entirely too exotic of pleasure eating whatever pomegranate seeds that she was eating. She is trying to focus on one grain instead of a collective mass. That is her issue with trying to (laughs) weave, which is what she wanted advice on. And she very, I love that she didn't even switch up her tone really to say, oh, okay, well, yeah, I got you on that too. She tells her things are messy before they're clean. You don't have to be so neat and tidy. Also, you need to catch a dick. Nynaeve attempts to weave before being interrupted. I don't think she was trying to. Yeah, she was because she had the dirty water in front of her. And she's still what they say blocked. But Leandrin, who shuts the door, you know shit about to go down when the door is open and now it's closed and we in the room together and we barely like each other. (laughs) She tells her, you've been a bit of a disappointment. I've been keeping tabs on you. You're wasting time with the warders. Because swords are a man's weapon. And yeah, she can produce a sword, producing one with her power. But she explains fighting with that sword will eventually drain her and make her physically weak. Why fight with weapons like men when you can win with the powers women are only given? She backs her into a corner, naive that is, and tells her warders are nothing more than glorified dogs and a distraction. Which is why the Reds don't have them. When she brings up Lon being a lap dog, it's then that Leandrin gets the appropriate response from Nynaeve. Leandrin points out how very quickly she learned to weave with only seeing it once. Because remember, Alana said it's going to take you many times to achieve this. And yet, homegirl had it on the first try. She then blocks her from the source and tells her there is more than one way to become Aes Sedai into channel, despite what my sisters say. She is here to learn about power. 
She wants her so powerful, no man or woman will ever be able to take that from her, not even Leandrin herself. And making her angry or building upon that anger is a strength in itself. And then she leaves. And I thought this was the strongest scene of the episode. Because, as I stated, someone needs to get up in her face, <laughs> Nani's face, and talk to her in a language she understands, which is, bitch, prove yourself. Because if you don't, then consider me someone that you always got to watch out for. So no, don't do it for altruistic reasons. Do it because you can't stand my ass. And that seems to be what it takes to get her inspired because she used her power. She uh, channeled. Back to the dead caravan. Lord Ingtar says if Shirin's or Shirin's, how do you say them? Shirin's sought revenge for all the wrongs ever done to us, there would be no Shirin's in the borderlands. This is in response to Perrin, who does not fully comprehend why he would go out of his way to bury these people, especially since they're traitors that cost the lives of so many of his own people. But he points out everyone deserves to have a proper burial and anger doesn't bring my people back. Perrin recalls his own feelings regarding Pat and Farron and doesn't feel so forgiving. There's a rage inside of me that once we get near him, it's probably going to come out in the most hulkish of ways. And it's going to end with me killing him. And I don't know why anyone would have a problem with that. Then he responded, Lord Ingtar, perhaps he has a reason for doing what he did. You may not like the answer, but you can ask the question. Nah. Yes, they deserve to die and I hope they burn in hell. Nynaeve goes back to see Egwene who's working on a, I don't know what those are called. Paper mache lanterns. Nynaeve forgot that it's bell time, but Perrin did not or anyone else <laughs> that came from that town with the exception of her. Having sent a note telling them that a shield alone uh, or with a, a sword and a shield alone you feel exposed but in a group nothing can touch you and that's how you felt when they were together but with them spread out away from each other he feels a lot more exposed but hopefully they can catch up next year and meet up including Matt. It's a long, eloquent way to say, I miss you. Matt, meanwhile, is being held and not even a prison, just a looks like some abandoned bedroom by Leandrin, who makes him feel as if his friends have forgotten him because she read that same letter, but kept the part out about Matt that they did actually reference him, even though, once again, I would not find it odd if they didn't he got what he deserved he was a little bitch all last season he claims to not be a threat but he is a nuisance so him being locked up 
is not a problem I I'm yet uncomfortable with. <laughs> they all celebrate bell time with their paper mache <laughs> lanterns. Perrin says goodbye to his wife by placing his wedding ring down. And then he sends a boat out for Ran. Nynaeve comforts Egwene, who still misses Ran. And Nynaeve vows, no matter what, no matter how much I complain about this place, I will always be with you. But will you? And also, you still miss Ran? I have a feeling Ran ain't missing you at all. This is when we find out they think Rand is dead because he sacrificed himself to prevent the Dark One from from escaping into our world. Man, there's going to be a lot of egg <laughs> on both these fools' face when they find out the truth. A now shaved Rand also marks the occasion with Matt seemingly looking for an escape. He's like, yeah, I don't have any Latin and I am also like being a hell hostage. <laughs> I'm going to use this fire to find my way of, you know, maybe loosening the cement in these bricks here. Lon gets a talk from his elders having made her a plate, a plate for Moran despite her uh not showing up and asking for a plate to be brought upstairs and after they had that moment where he came in he was like so what's up and she's like uh nothing much (laughs) then he slammed his hand on the table and then looked like i'm not supposed to get mad at you but i'm thinking she ain't got no power to punish anyway but it leads to this moment where you think he's about to break and leave. Like, I'm done being treated this manner. But no, he still makes her a plate. Says, let's wait. Even though... <laughs> oh, girl was like, I'm hungry. I... What the fuck we waiting for? <laughs> Murphy explains being cut off. Well, that's that's when she brings it in. Like, dude, you're taking this too personally. She's doing what she needs to do. It has nothing to do with you and your response. Being cut from the one power can cause most women to die, if not feel a grief beyond reasoning. But Moran has shown strength and perseverance more so than any person she's ever met with Tomas adding, instead of trying to force her to speak, maybe you should be silent and listen. And I thought that that was a good point because when he actually took the dinner upstairs maybe he would have realized that she was sneaking outside of the house because she already outside riding off in the moonlight where she is immediately attacked by two dark friends i like the effects the effects of the faceless teeth men i wouldn't want to get close to that at all (laughs) lon ends up fighting them off well first she does a good job in the graveyard of trapping one of them so that she's able to use her knife but when you're dealing with supernatural and then you see kind of leandrin's words coming back into play that knife ain't gonna do you shit even lon showing off his skills only manages to 
take several cuts to the front and back with Moraine over there bleeding out. It feels so familiar for her to bleed out. She must be like, Oh shit. Here we go again. I even like the psych out where Lon's in mortal danger about to be murdered. And then she tries like in that triumphant moment to conjure her powers. And then she thinks she did it. But then it turns out it's just verb up top and Tomas. And they end up defeating them. And then both Lon and Moran, Moraine pass out together holding hands and once again, I felt more between these two people than I've ever felt between him and Nynaeve. And that's a little unfortunate. But yeah, I'm glad that they seem to at least be back on the same page without needing to talk about it. And that's, that's, you know, men out there, you gotta know. And that is going to conclude our podcast. But we do have feedback. Now, Mimi has actually successfully read the books. I have tried several times. It's the author. And then I'm going to have to get the physical copy. And I really don't have time to physically read this book. So I'm going to have to find a way to accept the narration. But I know she's excited for the second season, probably more so even than me, because now she's got all of the source material filling in probably a lot of the blanks. So I'm sure we're all eager to hear what she has to say about this premiere. So let's jump into the mailbag. What up, Stina? This is Mimi. This is my feedback for The Will of Time, finally season two. I have been waiting for this for, it feels like a long time. I know that it's been about a year and a half because I I remember watching the finale and it was right around Christmas time. And I remember I was uh, wrapping gifts and I was in the old house and we haven't been there for a Christmas. So it's been more than Christmas <laughs> it's been I feel like it's been close to two years I know with the pandemic it postponed shooting but I follow a couple of the people from the Wheel of Time on Instagram and I know they finished rapping a long time ago so I'm assuming like the special effects is probably what was taking so long but I just I felt like it kept being pushed back and then I stopped paying attention and then I remember someone posted something on one of those social medias that I follow and that like I saw that they had finally put it up and I was like finally <laughs> okay September um at least it wasn't the end of September so I guess it can't be bad and there's three episodes up I'm assuming they dropped three at once probably the least they could do considering how long we've been waiting for this but I know the last thing I remember um is um uh, when we last left off um Ran is told uh, Moraine to tell everybody that he was dead. I remember her saying, oh, I can't lie. He was like, you'll figure it out. So he just, she just said he's gone. 
Um, so everyone thinks Rain is dead, but we know he's still alive. Um, I know that Neneve and Egwene went to study with the Asadai, and I know that Perrin is with a group of, I'm assuming the hunters, because they're looking for uh, the black dude that got the Trollocs to come into their town. Um, and then, uh, Perrin, I don't think, I don't think he knows he's a werewolf yet, um, but I'm sure he senses something, um, and then, um, Matt, I was wondering what they were going to do with him, because I know the original actor did not want to continue with the show, who knows, who cares, but you figured out where he is, um, that's the thing I always, like, when they write characters off of shows, like, why don't you just replace them with the new actor, because, most of the time you don't even notice i know there was a show i watched the fosters uh they um changed characters for one of the main characters it was the brother and it, it was weird at the beginning but eventually you kind of forgot <laughs> that he wasn't the original and I, I think that that's always the best thing like don't write a character off especially if they're important i've seen them do stuff like that before just replace them i feel like especially if you fired the actor because he's a dick like, that's what they should have done with Ralph's character um, on The Flash. I feel like that would have been a bigger slap in the face if we, you replaced him with someone else. Like, imagine getting fired as an actor and you're thinking you're doing God's work and then you get fired for doing some stupid shit and then you gotta you gotta acknowledge that the show went on without you. Like, that gotta hurt more. Anyway, um, so the whole episode, I'm like, first of all, where's my man? Because you know Rand is my number one. That motherfucker is fine. Um, I want to see another movie that I've seen him in. I don't even like race cars, but the movie itself looks interesting, and his fine ass is in it. So it's like I'm, I'm already in, interested. Um, anyway, we only seen him for a little bit, and his head is shaved, and I don't know how I feel about that I'm assuming he's trying to like he's probably trying to disguise himself because he has that red hair um and he has that damn blade and I know that's going to be noticeable uh one thing I will say I read the first book and I was I told myself I was going to read all of them it's like kind of a tribute to my oldest sister because one of the things we've been talking about is the wheel of time she has a character that she loves and I don't think that that character is going to be introduced until the second uh book i can't remember what her name is i wrote it down somewhere but she's a black character and she's black in the book um and she's really important and she said my sister said that she's her favorite character i actually didn't want to remember the name of the character because i want to know if i'll just be able to realize oh man this character is awesome and then find out later that that's really her um, but it's nice to know that a, a brown character is coming in instead of them like having to make characters black because there's a couple of characters that I just seen well the the one guy his name is Pan Pan Fade I can't remember he's one of the dark friends and he's the one they're looking for I forget what his name is but I it sounded like he was white in the book like from the way they described him and the other guy that they just showed they didn't I forget what his name is Lyle, I think is what his name is, he was in the episode when Perrin was with the group and they found those, uh, the, the dog, or the wolf that was dead next to the guy who was trying to protect him, and 
you know, they had to bury. I, I don't really know what's going on because this isn't something that happened in the first book. It's, this is different. So I'm assuming they're using this so that a parent can, can be with the guy, the black dude whose eyes turned yellow. And he was looking at Perrin and he had uh, the, the dreadlocks. That character is important to Perrin in the first book. Um, so I'm assuming that he's being introduced for a reason. But a lot of the events in the first book did not happen. I actually kind of like that because I like not knowing what's going to happen in, in something. To me, it, it I think when they adapt a book and make it into a television show or movie, it shouldn't be the same because who wants it to follow exactly like the book because then you're going to know what's happening. I know that's probably like an unpopular opinion, but all the shows I've ever watched or movies that didn't adopt the same kind of stuff that happened in the book, I'm okay with it because it makes it different and it makes me not know what's coming. And I like being surprised. Um, but... It's just nice to know that there are people of color in this show, but there are also people of color in the book that have been people of color. So it's nice that those are, um, you know, that, that there's more people coming. At least I hope it is. Um, because it, the I don't know where they're going with this, and I don't know if they're going to mesh books together or if they're just changing stuff all together. I guess we'll wait and see. But I, I um, was sad I didn't get to see my boo thing until the end. But um, it sounds like Moraine, um, I remember the Dragon Reborn, the original one, not Rand, but the other one, I don't remember his name, he cut um, Moraine off from the, the one power, so now she is an Aes Sedai with no powers, and it sounds like the other two, the, the, the people she's staying with said that it drives most Aes Sedai mad when they get cut off from the one power, but... Um, Moraine is, and it sounds like she's trying trying to figure out um, how to get it back, or she's looking for something. I don't know why she's, like, treating Land the way she is. Maybe she doesn't want him to know how bad it is, or, you know, he, maybe he can sense what she's feeling if she lets him. I'm not sure, but it seems strange that you would cut out a person that is supposed to be bounded, uh, bonded to you in a special way. Like, you making yourself alone seems like a terrible idea in something like this and her even trying to leave in the middle of the night knowing that the fades were after her it seems ridiculous and now um luckily for her lamb was there he 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 handled his business but it was just they were just too much for him and i guess you know it, i know he got he does um fight with her power so maybe you know like not being able to see or you know her being weak is weakening him i'm not sure it sounds like he knows she doesn't have power so i'm not sure what she's hiding from him and that's going to be interesting but um i i really enjoyed this scene being in the dark i don't know what it was that made it interesting but um the actor that plays landed really good um even though you couldn't really see i could tell it was him um, that was pretty cool. It was a very, very nice choreographed, uh, fight. Um, I really hope that, um, we do get the group together again. Um, Nanive, um, and Egwene, I don't know. I, 
like I said, this is different from the, the first book, uh, and I'm not I'm not reading the second one until after the season's over, so we'll see. But I'm, I'm just going to pay attention to what's going on and see what kind of, like, I guess, storyline they're following, because I'm very interested. I don't know how I feel, though, about the Aes Sedai. I don't know. Like, it sounds like the red one wants Nynaeve to be, like, a red Aes Sedai. And maybe she will be, but, I mean, she does love land. It sounds like, you know, her using anger as a way to, like, unleash her um, powers is probably going to work. But I do think um, the reason, because the reason she used the one power in the first place was because she wanted to protect the people that she um, cares, that she grew up with in the, the you know, uh, Perrin and Ran and Matt and uh, Egwene, like that—that that was her whole reason. So I feel like love would be more of a of a barrier breaker for her. But I, I will say, like, you know, you're not leaving until this water is drank. And her drinking that dirty water was <laughs> a boss ass move. Like you didn't have—you didn't say it had to be clean water. It was gross, but a boss move. Egwene's face was hilarious. Um, and I think it's I think it's so funny that they keep bringing up the fact that Nynaeve is stronger, like powerful, more powerful than Egwene, because she always sit there looking salty. Because <laughs> it's like this is what she wanted, and this is not what Nynaeve wanted. But it's always like that. Um, I'm glad they have each other. I just um, I love the group together, um, and I'm sad that they're broken up. And I'm and I I keep going back to to Egwene because. I remember when Rand saw the dream with their daughter and they were happy and he he was gonna like that's the life he wanted but he knew that wasn't the life that not, that Egwene wanted and then Egwene when she felt like she wasn't gonna have any powers then she she wanted to be with him again I, I'm I know she misses him but I hope they're not gonna continue to push this narrative that they belong together because it's clear that they don't um, there's a character in the book the first one that I hope we get to see I I'm not gonna I don't even remember her name and I don't want to describe her because I feel like that would give too much away but if, if that character comes up I will definitely bring it up to you and let you know that that's the person I was talking about but I, I know in the first book it it like they they weren't around each other enough for for like us to pretend like they were ever going to be in a relationship but I did get like shipper vibes like like they were they were vibing off each other and I feel like that would be more up his alley than um, Egwene because it's clear that she would rather be more if she had to choose between love and power I feel like she would pick power and I think we talked about that last season um, the last list I want to talk about is Matt um, I don't know exactly why the red Aes Sedai feels like keeping him isolated is going to do anything. It's like, if you don't want him to have the dagger, then kill him. And if you don't want to kill him, let him go. Like, do you think Nynaeve is going to want to be a red Aes Sedai if she, when she finds out what she did to Matt? Like, I can't, I can't imagine that this girl don't know that. Um, I did like this, her saying, like, you, you know, that, uh, that warden orders are nothing but, like, glorified dogs. <laughs> I feel like they're more like a guard dog, but still, like sure saying red, I said I don't need, don't need a man. Like, uh, didn't, didn't you have a man somewhere stashed? Just saying. 
Um, I am interested in going to the next episode, so that's why I'm trying to get this to you. I am going to end it here because I feel like I've talked enough. So um, until next time, love, peace, hair grease, the black girl magic, queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Mimi, for your thoughts on the episode. It is rare that you have read something and I have not. So you're going to have all of the tea and I'm going to love listening, taking your lead here in what I probably are going to miss a lot with this show that you you have all the foundation for. I'm the same way with uh, adaptations. I think I even when I was talking about the foundation, because a lot of people are complaining about that show is that I don't think most people even understand what an adaptation actually is because of course you know we're just biased they want what they want based on what they want but that's never been the intention of an adaptation uh yeah you could cut and paste out but even the most uh true to series change something even if it's not incredibly significant and depending on how you feel about those changes is really how you feel about the adaptation, not whether or not it's being properly adapted because it's meant to be reinvented. Works of art are meant to be reinvented, reinterpreted. It's not one person or even a group of people. One uh, conclusion where they came with the book, like that's, that's silly (laughs) they're meant to inspire other things and make modifications yeah here's the actual definition the actual process of adapting or being adapted that's not a definition a movie television drama or stage play that has been adapted from a written work typically a novel well it doesn't okay similar phrases because it's not giving me what I wanted. It's basically converting, conversion, alteration, modification, changing. Does not mean true to form. <laughs> there's, there's nothing in that Webster's Dictionary you wrote out there. Because it's usually WPs that's doing most of the complaining. Let's just be honest. Uh, and it'd be nice that you would subscribe to what you know, you're trying to always tell people, I want to say you, I feel like I'm speaking to a very small subset of people, but (laughs) they do get on my nerves because it's just a whole bunch of bitching of, I don't like the way you did this. Okay, good. Fine. Your opinion. Goodbye. If you're still here three weeks later, then that shit is on you. Well, I have a right to just bitch you. Yes, you do. But not in the section in which we are all not paying attention to you (laughs) like do that in your section like it just it's just so petty it's so petty it's so childish I've had things that I don't like I just I never went that route so I I don't I can't possibly see the value in it other than a waste of time I do feel like three years have like flown by even two years I can't uh, I don't want to think about it (laughs) because as I'm feeling fall come upon us I love fall so I have no problems with that but I'm just like damn another year's gone Pat and Farron is who you were thinking of I think Nynaeve was was also a a character of Caucasian descent in the books right you have to let me know that so I call Loyal L.L. Blanche so it's nice to know that he (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a different race. I think that it's nice to stay true to the races in the book, of course, but that when you're casting, you need to cast the best actor for the part. Now, if it's integral to the characterization to be of the race in which they are, then I think that that's, that's part of the character um, selection for what you choose. But if it's just some people doing some things <laughs> and the race is rather not, I mean, as long as they keep things right, because that's the whole thing. Well, what you want? You know, well, you've did it already. So that doesn't matter about this whitewashing shit because it's already happened. It's been happening. So I, the argument just doesn't even literally wash with me. <laughs> Can't backtrack and be like, well, what if we did that now? Well, you already did. So fuck it. I'm always going to be rooting for more black people. You had dominance for this long a time. Sit the fuck down and let us have our moment. And then Moraine loves Lon, but she wasn't inspired at all to use or get reconnected to the power via the power of love. So maybe going a different, I don't know if Leandrin wants her for the Reds. I bet you she does. But I do think that um, you brought up a really good point, which is that she herself has a, a man which is what Moraine blackmailed her with. So all of her man-hating is a bit of a facade, but she's committed as fuck when she's got no one watching. So what is her end game? I'm not quite sure. Did the Aes Sedai track down her man and kill him? Could she be someone who isn't as committed? Could she hate everyone? Because I feel as if Nynaeve's biggest issue is with the Aes Sedai in itself like the whole institution of and i'm not even quite sure why <laughs> i'm still a little lost maybe I, i'm missing context from season one so definitely let me know but yeah um pointing out her her goals is to protect yeah why can't she turn the world into her village i mean it's just a change in mindset it shouldn't it really shouldn't be so hard. And I don't like that it's so hard in my supposed protagonists. And that is where I am going to leave this episode. I will try to get, I know they're up to four or five, maybe at this point, I will be doing them once a week. I'm not going to set myself up for more than I can, more than I can chew. I do as much as I can uh, during the week and then during the weekend, but it is going to be on a weekly basis. <laughs> I'm not going to binge it. So if you want to send feedback for our next episode, blackercouch at gmail.com or leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.